baby. We in here, yeah, we in here. Cause we Y'all better get comfortable with saying black. We in here, yeah, we in here. Black versus the Board of Education. Cause we can That's why we are indeed a whole mood. That's it. A little like, I mean, give me, give me just a like, you know. Thank you. You know, Sherman, Sherman's new on the board today, and he's already he's starting off slow. We're gonna have to get him get him up to speed. Hey, hey, hey! What's up, party people? It is November sixth. That means it is another episode of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen, and I welcome you to this space as the captain of the ship. Uh, we have a full house today. Most of us are here in the studio, so I'm so excited about that. Today we are talking about words hurt, and it's important that we talk about this. We this is part three of our mindfulness series. Um, as we've said, everyone in this on this staff, it's minus our two newest staff members, but they'll be coming along right nicely, um, are actually trained as facilitators for a program called MBSAT for short. It stands for Mindfulness-Based Substance Abuse Treatment. And so we've been facilitating classes for the last, I don't know, year and some change um, in various places. And I'm just so excited to get to this topic because I think there's a perception that people can say whatever the hell they want to because they want to say it and it has no impact. Um, And so we're going to be diving into that today. But before we do that, we are going to introduce who you will be hearing from today. Um, Last week, he was in the car. Today, he done pulled up on us. Uh, so let's start here, and then we'll go around get some introductions. You did not pull my Melissa up, so I want her to see everybody. Um, go ahead. Let's start with right here, and then we're going to go around, and then uh, Melissa will bring up the rear. Uh, my name is Carlos Simpson. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to be with you guys today. Nice to all, but I'm um, child advocate, you know, uh, case manager, sentencing planner. Okay. Amongst a few other things, coach. And what's so funny? So I was going through my phone yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? I, I have that. a picture of me and Carlos like four years ago mm-hmm. when he came in uh, up to the state capitol mm-hmm. during our boot camp series. So, um, you know, full circle things happen. Full circle. Miss um, Ma'am, it's your turn. It's on you. Introduce yourself. Hey, it's your girl Keila. Um, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> But anyways, <laughs> everybody stays making fun of me here. We knew that. Um, but I'm doing good today. Okay. It's Monday, you know, so I'm just getting ready to prepare for the topic. Are you excited about the topic? You know, I'm a little sensitive. You know, We're going to get there. We okay. Get there. Well, well, we'll deal with the sensitive in a little bit. Hey, 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 Miss Lady. Hey, everyone. It's Layla. Um, I'm good. Okay. I'm chilling. Okay. You no know, new. Never been on a podcast before, so we'll see how this goes. You know, first time for everything. We love it. We love it over here. Sir. Hello, my name is Adrian. Um, it's a good Monday. No complaints. No complaints. Mm-hmm. I love it. Miss Lady, it's on you. Hey, okay. hey, hey. Hi, my name is Melissa. I am a senior in SoCal, and today uh, I'm doing good. I'm I'm ready to talk about it. Uh, I tried okay. to ditch. I tried to not come to this episode, but you made me come today, <laughs> so I'm here, and I'm ready to talk about it. Listen, I had to drag Layla in here. <laughs> Anaya's like, I sent you some notes. I said, notes for what? She said, tomorrow, girl. (laughs) 
everybody's trying to avoid that to- this topic and it's because it's one of those topics you know like it makes people uncomfortable right to relive harsh things that were said about you um or to you right um it's it's hard and it's difficult but part of being mindful is knowing where that trigger lies and later on we're going to have an opportunity to dispense with some of that foolishness um and i'm going to throw something in the fire too so you know i'm not just asking you guys to do it i'm a participate too so you ready let's talk about it okay so you know i'm just gonna start with the questions because I, i i think that um it's important that we just start to lay like kind of the foundation so have you ever experienced the power of words, whether positive or negative, in your life? And how did they impact you? Don't just look at me. It's a podcast. Y'all got to talk. <laughs> Melissa, I'm going to go to you first. Have you ever experienced the power of words, whether positive or negative, in your life? And how did they impact you? I have experienced both. Um, more positive than negative, but the ones that were negative had... I don't want to say a greater impact, but a different impact um, because it's the it was some of the first times I had heard really negative words. Uh, and most of those experiences or the yeah, most of the negative experiences were um, in the education system and hmm. were teachers um, and the positive words have been a lot of different people around me. And they both impacted me very differently um, and turned me into the person I am today. Um, And I know that like when I first started with BYLP and started on the podcast, I was extremely quiet. Um, And that that was uh, because of some of those negative words and things that teachers said to me um, and that, but then over the years, more positive words kind of changed me to the person that I am today. And so just so we can put a label on that, what is it called when folks say negative things or put you down um, consistently and specifically in the education system, what do we refer to those as? Everybody's stuck. Bullies? Well, they are bullies, absolutely. But they can be seen as microaggressions. Mm. Right? They call it micro, I call it macro. Because you're doing it on purpose and you have this uh, power dynamic that is at play. And you have a lot of hurt adults hurting children. Um, and we have to talk about that. So you <laughs> tell me about uh, the time or it says, have you ever experienced the power of words, both either positive or negative? Um, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Like Melissa was saying, probably both. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the negative ones, I would say the negative words that I experienced as a kid bred into insecurities that I had during high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what the power of words can do to someone is breed insecurities and breed um, just negativity around you. Yeah. Carlos. Hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's funny. Cause I was just having this conversation with an individual about my uh, stepdad at the time. Okay. I was like maybe four. And out of all the arguments I've seen him and mom have, the one that stuck to me for a long time was you and your crumb snatcher can go on your way. Oh. And I'm like, damn, crumb snatcher. Like at four. Yikes. Like, what's that? But whatever it was at the time, the tone of the voice made me know that it was, it made me seem worthless. Okay. And um, man. And that was at four. 
Did you just flash back to being four right this second? Of course. Okay. I, th- course. I saw that. I saw that. Um, because adults do things, right? And they say things. And they first of all, they don't think kids hear for whatever reason. And y'all nosy, right? Extremely. <laughs> so we hear a lot. And then it's like they expect you to get over it. Yeah, I saw that picture when you posted it. And I'm like, huh. Oh, I got uh-huh. another one. Okay. Yeah, Layla, talk to me. Have you ever experienced the power of words, either positive or negative? Yes. I feel like growing up, I heard more negative uh-huh. than positive, And that led in kind of what Adrian was saying, like led into my older self and insecurities and mm-hmm. trying to reframe that and rework that. Um, but yeah, a lot from like also what Melissa said from teachers, um, faculty, church leaders, stuff like that. Okay, so church leaders are in that. Yes. Oh my goodness. Church leaders are in that. Okay, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. Miss Keela, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> I mean, like everyone's saying too, right? Like definitely positive and negative. I think um more of the negative things kind of stuck more to me specifically, because obviously, um, I don't know, I think I think it just depends on like what was being said, but like I know specifically for me, what I struggled with for a long time was like kind of like self-identity, self-identity mm-hmm. because um, obviously I'm super light, right? And everyone thinks I'm like white or whatever. So then like, yeah, obviously, that? girl, you told me, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, like I said, I've gotten it from teachers, family, yeah. literally, oh, like, is that your dad? Da, 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 all this mm-hmm. stuff. And like, I have two little sisters and they're also the same color as me, but like they didn't get it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just feel like it kind of shaped me. Like, I used to a lot of people and say I was white just so I, they would leave me alone, you know? But as I got older, that's why I was so strongly about working here because I was like, oh, my gosh, I get to, like, help girls identify as being black regardless of what color, shape, form, however you are. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like it shaped me to be positive about it now. Mm-hmm. And I had to switch it. But, I mean, yeah, it was really negative for a really long time. Interesting. And so we know that words have the ability to shape reality, right? Um I remember growing up, the the scripture they always used to say was uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue, right? Mm. Which means that you can break somebody with your tongue or you can build them up. So when you guys are talking about negative words, and it sounds like those have more of a sticking point or um, more of a prominence in your mind than anything positive. Let me, I just want to challenge you right now. Can you think of a positive thing that somebody has said? I know the episode today is words hurt, but I want to know if, you know, cause the negative stuff we can recall like this, but can you recall a positive, some positive words that were spoken to you? And I see he has his hand up. And so I'm going to go to Carlos and then I'm going to come to Melissa. And it was, it, I don't know how positive it was, but it was in a negative setting. And it was told to me, as I'm unpacking my trauma, right? Yeah. A youngster, you know, that's not normal, right? Mm. And then it's not your fault. Those two things that were said. Yeah. It lifted everything off of me as opposed to blaming and being upset. Yeah. To damn. So if I went through all that and that's not normal, Mm -hmm. I still grin and laugh and sarcastic or whatever. That must mean something. Mm-hmm. And it unlocked the power, unlike anything else, because it gave me an opportunity to start realizing and looking into myself, my culture, my purpose, 
my family, stuff like that. So, yeah, those are two things that I always talk to young men about, especially if they're going through things, is um, we normalize, or at least say functioning in your dysfunction mm-hmm. and being able to understand that wasn't none of that normal. It unlocked something in me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Melissa, something positive. Something positive. Um, I think it's so hard to recall, like specific, like you said, we can recall specific negative things and I can think about the positive scenario, but it's a little harder to recall positive, um, like the actual positive comments. But one that I can think of is you should be proud of yourself. Uh, I put Mm -hmm. in a lot of work, especially like on my school campus to do a lot of things. Um, and I, even today, my advisor for the BSU told me that I should be really proud of myself because we're making a lot of different moves. Um, and I'm handing off the presidency to someone else. So we're working on that. Um, and he said, I should be proud of myself. And I am. That's dope. That's dope. Keela. Um, so when I was in elementary school, uh, I won an award for never being absent or late. So um, they like recognized me or whatever, and they made me. Um, they get they got me a bike, oh. and they like like asked my mom about it, like how big I was, how tall I was, and all that stuff. So it could like just be for me, and like they told me I should be proud of myself because literally people struggle to go to school and all that stuff. But like I literally made sure I went to school on time every day, regardless. I don't think I really got sick that much, but yeah, I literally made it to school. So I feel like that carried me through that. Mm. Adrian. Uh, one particular moment stands out when I was in sixth grade. Um, my teacher, only black teacher I've ever had, wow. uh, she told me, you're smarter than you think you are. And mm. for me, that kind of reframed my mindset going into school because I used to doubt myself a lot and thinking I couldn't do homework or test or there's no point in studying. I wasn't going to get anyway. And when she told me that, it made me realize that like she sees potential in me. Got it. Layla. Um, for me, was in high school, my choir teacher, when she was handing out awards, I always thought that she didn't like me for some reason. But when she was giving a speech about each student, she said, um, for Layla, when you speak, people listen. And for me, I always thought when I spoke, people didn't really care what I said. And so that kind of like led into me like not wanting to speak, not wanting to be in front of people. And her giving me that compliment when I thought, she didn't really care about me, reinforced the fact that we're not like I have stuff to say and people want to listen to it. So I love that. Um, I'm I, I think I can recall two things. Um, one time I was told that I was a force to be working with, and I think I am, right? right I, I mean, they made me believe it, doggone it. Um, and the second one, I remember I had um a boss at the state capitol, and he's like what are you doing here? You are too smart and too too capable to be in this building. You need to be doing something else. And I'm just like, really? Me? <laughs> and then I got to see him a couple of weeks ago and he reminded me. So I had to shout him out. So shout out to a, a former assembly member, Alberto Tarico, who has always told me that I was one of the smartest people in the room um, and that I did not belong stuck at the Capitol. So shout out to him. Um, when we're talking, so so you're you're. It seems like y'all had to think really hard about um, the positives. So 
flashing to the negatives, right? What type of what type of coping skills did you have to um, develop in order to move forward, even though you had these words attached to your back? Whatever coping skills. You can give me a coping skill. I don't want to say it has to be any type. I want to know what you did to keep moving forward after these words attached themselves to you. I think for me, when it happened, when I was getting negative comments and stuff like that, I kind of just ignored it when I when it happened. Mm-hmm. And that's like not healthy, of course, but getting older, I'm now impacting those negative moments and negative words now as I'm in my adulthood but before I didn't really do anything to you didn't deal with them I didn't deal with it yeah. okay I mean that's yeah mm-hmm. Adrian what do you think for me in the moments uh like when I would get negative words towards me mm-hmm. I'd always have to have a comeback so I'd have to, <laughs> I'd have to say something okay. worse than they said to me okay um, so I guess that's a coping thing is making them feel more pain than they made me feel. Okay. All right. So you took their negative words and said negative words back. Yes. Okay. Um, For me, I had to do a lot of um, self-reflecting. So I had to, you know, tell myself that I was beautiful, looked myself in the mirror, told myself a hundred times a day for like a couple of months and just, you know, kind of tried to push through it and obviously dropped friends that wouldn't, support me mm-hmm. but yeah I feel like I kind of just had to learn how to be confident at such a young age so yeah I feel like that's kind of what I was doing just reassuring mm-hmm. Melissa I didn't have any coping skills I didn't do anything about it uh, uh, like the first time I heard something extremely negative I was in seventh grade um, and it's because I had been homeschooled my entire life And so one of my first experiences at a five day a week public school, um, a teacher told me that I asked too many questions and I was being disruptive and that I Mm. should not talk. Um, And that really impacted me. And I stopped talking. I didn't ask questions. I barely passed her class because I was confused, but I didn't feel like I should ask any questions. I was one of two black kids in her class. Um, and she said the same thing to the other kids, the other, um, one of my other classmates as well. And so I didn't, I was like, what, 11 or 12 in seventh grade? I didn't have any coping skills. I kind of just internalized it. Um, and poetry, I found poetry uh, the next year in eighth grade, like towards the middle of the school year. And that is what ended up helping me. But that was like a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. Um And so I lost a lot of valuable time, Um, but poetry kind of helped me find my voice and find myself. Uh, And then I met you, Miss Lorene, and then you helped me break out of my shell. But yeah, I didn't, at the time, I didn't really have any coping skills. Don't try to get me to cry out early in this episode, young lady. (laughs) Um, You hear him? You heard that, you know, I'm ignoring that he said that. Hey, both our glasses went on the table. You already because, know what time it is. <laughs> you know what time it is. Because it's so important. Like I, I hear this all the time, you know, in terms of going from school to school, place to place. And when I met Melissa, we were right at the pandemic, right? And and we were trying to figure out how we can pour into young people and 
you know, I think I told y'all this story. We tried to do a hotline, me and one other person. I fell asleep. I can't stay up 24 hours. <laughs> I learned that. Um, and I'm like, what else can we do? Um, and I know that we did a um, boot camp, uh, a virtual boot camp. And then we did, we launched our support network. So Black Boys Support Network and Black Girls Support Network. But in that time, you know, I'm I'm sitting here and, and I'm one of these people I will give all day. If I have it, if I got it, if I got time, money, whatever, I will give. But I learned I learned that my coping mechanism to deal with negative that are coming at me is to serve other people. Um, and that doesn't always leave time for me to figure out life for myself. Right. And so as I'm listening to Melissa and, you know, she said she's found poetry and poetry. She's a, a fantastic poet. She's a phenomenal poet. Um, and I, I hope and I, 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 I so desperately want you guys to find positive things to pour your time into um, because I think a lot of times adults assume older adults because you guys are going into adulthood or you're in early adulthood we assume that you all have um, the skills or or the the coping tools that we have at the big age we are as as folks would say so what I'm wondering and I want you to answer too I don't remember the question y'all remember the question what I asked Oh, your coping skills. How do you cope with the things that have been said to you? Um, I'm learning. And, I'm learning how to actually understand what coping means. Okay. But I would kind of rather. I don't, I'm not trying to twist the question. A defense mechanism, a survival tactic, uh -huh. was to fight and learn how to be sarcastic. Okay. So if my clothes and some of the things was dirty, I learned how to talk about myself before I got on you, and you just figured, okay, I'm gonna leave his ass alone. You, know what I'm he, 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 you don't stop so e either we can go we can bag back and forth or we can fight either uh -huh. way you're not gonna win so leave me alone because i'm vulnerable but i'm not gonna show that yeah and i see these comments and mr jordan don't start nothing won't be nothing um i don't know how come i i don't know he fell asleep on the front row. So you tell me why I gave him a hard time at the conference. Um, and Ms. Tawana, thank you for pushing her to come to the boot camp. You know, I was surprised. I think, did we have like some like 35, 40 kids on? Yeah, it was about that many. And I'm doing it from my living room. You know what I mean? I had to push, push all the, the laundry off to the side so nobody. <laughs> but we stayed on the computer. I want to say several hours a day. Like um, all day. Yeah. All day for like a week. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, a writing workshops. We had uh, Prentice Powell, the uh, national poet, come through. We had um, different um, folks. Uh, Stefan, uh, who is uh, with the Child Abuse uh, Prevention and on the board here at BYLP, he came through. Like, we just had Miss Mariana came through. Like, it was so many adults who cared at that time. And we just poured into these young people for a whole week um, because we wanted to connect with them. And what I learned at that time is there was more trauma present in the school system than we initially thought. And our children were suffering at higher rates um, because nobody cares of things that they say to them and how it impacts them moving forward. So um, I was just wondering, do you guys think, you know, you know, this is for our, our youngsters on the, on this panel today. Do you guys think that, that folks assume that you really have different coping skills or that, you can tolerate their foolishness. Do you really think that people 
assume that about you because you're young and you're supposed to be resilient. I hate that word um, because they use it towards you guys all the time that y'all supposed to be resilient. I don't want y'all to have to survive. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want you to have the opportunity to just be. So Melissa, do you think people assume things about you, honey? I don't think they care because if they're saying, if they're saying these hurtful and negative things to you, they want them to impact you. If they thought that you had good coping skills, they wouldn't say it to you because they would know that it wouldn't get to you. If you had the skills and devices to be able to let it roll off of your back, they know mm -hmm. that it wouldn't impact you and they wouldn't say anything. I feel like they target certain people because they want it to hurt you. And like, if they say something to one person and they have super good coping skills and they're, they're not letting it affect them, then they're not going to say, they're not going to continuously keep hurting that person unless they are extremely persistent and want to eventually break down that person and break down their coping skills. But if they actually cared about you having good coping skills, then they wouldn't attack you because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's an attack. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian? Um, I think people do assume that, at least for me, I can take it more probably because more I'm more nonchalant and I don't really show emotion like that so they'll think oh you probably just rubbed it off or it's easy for him to brush that kind of stuff off mm -hmm. um but that stuff that as far as words that's stuff that you really think about when you're by yourself and it runs through your head and you know you try to forget about it by doing other stuff but it's it's constant yeah Keila um, sorry, it's so weird. Um, I, I kind of agree with Melissa, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, like what Adrian was saying too, like you think about that when you're alone or like whatever, and you could clap back at somebody however you want. And like, it still shows that you are the power move, but like, what does that do to you at night? Right. Like that really sticks. And I feel like you could show all those tools. You could show you don't care, but like, what's that really doing though? Cause it's still words. And at the same, at the end of the day, some people are really thinking about it. But is it that you don't care? Um, I mean, I definitely care. I let people know if I bother, <laughs> but that's just me now. <laughs> Cause I feel like I had to learn that though. You know what I mean? I had to, like, I used to let people walk all over me, but now I'm just like, no, like you're going to know I'm upset. You're going to know this. You're going to know you were rude for saying that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, but yeah. Mm. And so in your experience, Layla, how does the use of hurtful language affect relationships? That's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you repeat one more time? Of course. Um, in your experience, how does hurtful language affect relationships? Yeah, um, I guess growing up, I was always the only black kid, only black girl, and I was always got called too dark, ugly, um, my hair is too nappy. Um, and so that affected relationships going on because I had insecurities mm -hmm. of that I'm not beautiful. And so that affected the partners that I would be with and how I perceived myself. I was always trying to get their validation when I wasn't getting my own validation. Mm. And I didn't know self-love. And that's what I need. Like, you need self-love in order to be in a relationship because then you're always seeking that self-love from another person. And so that's what I would do in friendships, relationships, because I didn't know where else to get that validation from. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, like, for me, like, I'm a Christian, so 
I learned to get that validation from God first mm-hmm. and that helped me to really look in myself and like you are beautiful like who calls you beautiful God calls you beautiful beautifully my, and my wonderfully made yes, yes exactly um and just like surrounding myself with people who generally are like in my corner mm-hmm. and I had to learn who would really be in my corner and who's just there just to be there yeah um and so that affected insecurities affected my relationships and then also um in school I got called stupid a lot by my teachers and um that just affected thinking that I was dumb like I didn't know how to do anything or read or do math or stuff like that um and that affected how I saw myself doing anything basically because my sister I have a twin sister she was the smart one and I was the dumb one Mm. and yeah that I just she just was always seen as like the prize kid and I was seen as like the troubled kid who really needed help and I didn't like and so I played in that role of like okay mm-hmm. like if people are labeling me as this I must be that and so I played in that thing, mm-hmm. so changing that role yeah wow yep mm-hmm. Carlos how do negative words affect relationships in your experience And I do see before you answer, um, we are talking about words hurt. This is the third part of our mindfulness series. Um, I do see Mr. Jordan's comment in the chat. For me, it acts as a solvent on the bonds of the relationship. And I'm is that the glue or what is what what is what does that mean? I mean, speak, speak, break it down for us in the chat um, so we, we can make sure we understand what it is you're trying to communicate. Uh, Mr. Carlos. Uh. And make sure you put your mouth on the mouth on the microphone so yeah, we can hear I, you. I remember times that I've said something and yeah. did not take it back, like oh yeah, trying to grab it. But um, I'm still learning how to do that in a healthy way. Okay. Because whenever I not whenever, but at times in the past that I felt attacked, which may have just been something as common as hey, I'm kind of like pulling you up because I see something that you're not doing that's healthy. Mm-hmm. I consider that an attack. And I would just go off to Richter with, with the same way I would lash out in a physical way. I would always lash out in a psychological way. Mm. And once I realized that that actually is more detrimental than putting my hands on somebody. Yeah. I started using that as a weapon, not knowing that I was weaponizing something and crushing egos and everything else. And it wasn't about, it was, it was still a defense mechanism from being attacked from others. I would just shut it down. So that same way of addressing things spilled over in relationships with people that I really cared for and mm. loved. And um, like, even in my relationship now, it's like, I honestly had to tell this individual, Hey, I'm learning how to do these things. I'm learning how to love myself. So if you can be patient through this, you know, we got something going. Yeah. But sometimes it's just hard to admit verbally that I'm not equipped. Like, yeah whatever we would consider the average individual to be, you know? And, um, yeah, I'm learning, learning how difficult that is for people to actually hold you accountable for things that you say. Yeah. And, and express to you how that made them feel mm-hmm. and what they went through. That's a deep healing process. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think that a lot of times we think that the words that we say aren't as harsh or because we didn't 
mean it in a specific way that it wasn't taken in that way. And that's why it's really, really difficult, especially if you're texting or you're posting something on social media, um, because people can put a voice to those things, even if that's not what you meant. It's not what you say, it's how it was said. And I'll take it a step further. It's how it was perceived, right? And so um, I, I, I think about the different coping things that I employ, right? Um, I am a cutoff artist. Mm. Um, you hand me the scissors, I'm going to use them because I'm one of those people that I'm long suffering. Like I will take people's crap um, over and over and over. But at some point, we got to stop the hemorrhaging, right? And the only way I know how to do that is if I cut people off because I can say yes a million times. The one time I say no, people act a fool. And so I have to distance myself. I'm very good at compartmentalizing. So you will never know that I'm upset about something. I'll just come in and I'll cut you off and I'll keep it moving. It's like I never knew you. And I don't know if that's healthy, (laughs) but it's the way that I survive. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just the way that I survive because when you're such a giving person, people take that as a weakness and it's a strength to give when you have to give. And sometimes when you don't have to give, if I don't have money, I got some time. You know what I mean? And people will take advantage of that and they'll keep taking, taking, taking. And I remember one time, um, this person I was with at, at the time, he said that I have this um, this uh, personality where people will throw stuff at me and I'll keep trying to catch it. However, it's at, when my hands get full, stuff people are still throwing stuff and you're trying to catch it, but everything else is falling too. And so I'm, I'm learning how to, I don't know, I, th- I think I'm just learning how to keep people away from me, <laughs> to be honest. Um, because everybody who is around you doesn't belong in your front row. Mm. Everybody can't be um, only there for the good parts because there's going to be some trying times in life. I, I don't need people just here for the good times. I need people who are going to be here when stuff gets gets hard because life is going to get hard and there are going to be challenges. And so I'm looking at it and it says, what role does social media and online communication play in the way that words can hurt? Adrian, I'll start with you and then Melissa. Uh, I think social media can affect the way words hurt because now it's not only between me and you, it's other people are seeing it as well. So now it's not only did what they say to hurt you, now it's I'm embarrassed that what you said other people can see mm. and now they think the same thing. Oh, yeah. Yep. Keila. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, Melissa. <laughs> Adrian, like uh Sharma tells me that was a bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he tells me outside. Melissa, how does social media play in the way words can hurt? I think it can go even a step further than that. Uh like people, mm-hmm. even if it isn't personal, and like Adrian was saying it. It, at first it was personal between me and you and now everyone else is seeing kind of like our what our situation or whatever's happening I think we go a step further and the things that um are happening around the world and I know we talk about we've talked about this when we talk about like uh current events that are affecting like the black community even the words that 
are happening uh, in other situations that are not directly connected to us, we can still internalize them. And we've talked about being desensitized to all of these things. So when we come onto the podcast and talk about the same story with a different name, we're desensitized to it and we're internalizing all of this because it's something that is so normalized on social media. So it's not just the personal words between in one situation, but the things that are happening in the news, the things that are happening that are so easily accessible online, those Mm -hmm. impact you without you even knowing it. It's happened subconsciously. And Joaquin says intention versus impact. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Um, Social media, how does it contribute to words hurting? Um, I think it contributes also because are you thinking? I'm thinking, but like I had it in my head and then I thought of something and now I'm like, uh, but like, I don't know, like it could also play because of like even stuff you post, right? Like, or like people can share everything. It can get spread so much faster. It can literally get out like that. Like, oh, say I'm talking about Layla and then she's over here trying to ask me to delete it or whatever. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay. But then this person like Adrian shared it and then you also shared it and now it's like okay it just Viral. spreads so fast. <laughs> what? <Viral. laughs> yeah exactly though like you know what I mean like it could literally yeah. get to a split second like that so like one perception or something of you could literally be out or not even of you but just of anybody else mm-hmm. I also think that when people say stuff to you over social media it's almost as like you're told how you're supposed to take that or like yeah. how you're supposed to respond or how you're supposed to feel and it's almost like, well, okay, am I supposed to feel her or am I supposed to just brush it off? Because we're always like getting that stereotype of like, this generation is so soft. Like, you guys mm-hmm. take things so seriously. And then it's almost like, okay, let me not take that as seriously and let me just brush it off when it's actually like hurtful and trauma. And they don't know like where that trauma is coming from and why you're acting that way. Well, I just think people are hella mean on social media. Say, for instance, somebody's talking about you, right? And then it's like, okay, or like vice versa. They're talking about their friend. Like, what if you choose not to respond to that? Now you look scary. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're, you're. Like, what's she going to say about that? Yeah, like, it's like, yeah, what are you going to say about me now? Or like, you know, oh, she's not going to talk. I'm going to just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. So, like, that could literally interfere within your personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how you're processing. Well, and I'm just. <sighs> A lot of times, people just, you got a lot of keyboard warriors out here. Yes. <laughs> and you got a lot of people just jaw jacking yep. online because they think that yeah. you won't hold them accountable. And right. that's what we saw when these schools opened up after, I don't know, a year and a half of being online and people, you know, jaw jacking back and forth. And then they see each other. It's like it's on site. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm just like, you know, it, it contributes sometimes because the people posting the negative stuff are anonymous. That's what I, that's what I was actually going to get on to. Like, Come on. It's inviting. Yeah. It's, it, social media is inviting no matter how you look at it. It's mm-hmm. inviting. Mm-hmm. So it's inviting without actually processing what you're going through at the time. Right. So it's anonymous in a lot of places. So, yes, people can get very bold. That, uh-huh. that energy would not be the same in person under no circumstances whatsoever. Yeah. But on top of that, people react to what people post and they do without thinking a lot. And mm-hmm. when you're stuck in that scroll, 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 da, 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 you know what I'm saying? It's easy to have a comment without even processing for five seconds. But why did they post that? Or why? You know what I'm right. saying? But you've made a comment already. And by the time you think about it, 
there's 20 comments after yours. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, it, and it goes and it takes on, it's like any story. You tell a story to three, four people, by the time it gets to the fourth person, it's not that story. Mm. You know, so, um, and it's easier to run with something than it is to process something. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. easy. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to sit here and think about what that person was going through. It's just easier for me to say something stupid because hurt people hurt. Right. So, right. Um, social media is like a dopamine hit. In a lot of ways. Ooh, come on. So when you because in, when I was like, well, people stage, people living for them likes. Yeah. Let's so, keep it a buck. So, <laughs> so, so you went out when you went out dopamine stage. Dopamine here. Come on, NB Sat. Let's when, go. You, when you in that stage, <laughs> you're not thinking clearly. You're at your highest. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm living. I'm 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 on I'm feeling myself. Ooh. <laughs> come on, feel yourself. And when you feeling yourself, you're not you're not you're not no, but you're not thinking you're not thinking logically. Right. You know, and I'm just that that comes from personal experience, but it also comes from observation as well. Yeah. If I'm if I'm on one right now and I'm I'm on a natural high, I'm not mindful of certain things, not trying to throw a little mindful out there. But come on, mind. Okay. <laughs> to plug our little mind. <laughs> I was looking at you know because I was going through some memes today, and um, this one says, "Words don't have the power to hurt you unless the person means a lot to you." Do you agree oh. or disagree? Ooh. I think it could hurt differently, mm-hmm. but like overall, no, if you're somebody random and you said something about my presence and I'm insecure, that could have a huge impact on me. I don't know this person mm-hmm. and they had the audacity to come up to me and tell me about that, like me, but then it's different if it's like your mom, like, oh, you need to, you know, you looking rough, like, oh, okay. mm-hmm. like whatever. That's my mom. She's tripping, but you could have different <laughs> perceptions on things. Yeah. So I don't think it, it could matter depending on what. I mean, I guess, but like overall, I don't think so because mm. it could literally have a different effect on you. You could be a person that cares so much about other people's opinions, but don't care about your circle because you're not close with them. It could literally go either or. Mm-hmm. I see Melissa's mouth moving. That must mean she wants to talk to me. Um, what you talking about, girl? Words are a configuration of the same 26 letters of the alphabet. It does not matter who it comes from. It Come is on, poet. a word that hurts you words can like you said uplift you or they can hurt you but like he doesn't really... okay <laughs> like, sorry it was a bar <laughs> but like Kila was saying it can feel differently depending on who it's coming from if it's someone you care about that can hurt me a lot more than a stranger mm-hmm. saying something but at the same time if it's a stranger and you have a problem with me and I don't know you that also hurts a lot more than maybe someone that I know because how do you not know me and you have a problem with me? So then you in, you internalize the words regardless, even if they're positive words, we internalize them. We internalize mm-hmm. everything that we come into contact with. It does not matter who the words come from, we internalize them. Mm. I feel like also though too, put your mouth. In I feel like also too, like if you if you have the perception on yourself and somebody, regardless of who it is says that about you and you already believe it it's 10 times worse mm. like you could like someone's calling you ugly and you feel, whether you know them or not whether you know them or not and mm. you feel that way you're gonna take it you know what i mean like you're going to feel that regardless of who that is from because you already are in your mindset that you believe that mm. so is it based on mindset at the time i mean it could be like i because like when you were saying what you're saying i was like like, okay, like, let me give you an example. Okay. So, like, you know how I was talking about earlier, how, like, when I was younger, people were, like, saying about my skin color, whatever. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody now would say I'm not black. Girl, bye. 
Like, I really don't care now. So, okay. mm-hmm. But like, but during that time, since I was already in questioning of myself, right. but now I know who I am, it's different. Because now I'm like, okay, you could say that. I don't, I really don't care. Like, mm-hmm. I've gotten that my whole Is life. Is that maturity? Do um, you think? I mean, it. Wisdom. Wisdom, maturity, all of that? I, I think it could be everything. I just think like, yeah, it just depends on how you got yourself to that point, right? Like, regardless of whatever you were using to cope. Mm-hmm. or like whether you just dealt with something and you got tired of it which happened to me i was mm-hmm. like okay well you could say that that's fine i really mm-hmm. don't care well, let me ask you this so with people you know mm-hmm. do you allow more things to happen before you distance yourself or do you continue to allow them to be around you because you know them no i don't know no i don't allow them like, if you say any, like, I won't give you extra chances for what? If you're supposed to be in my corner and you're supposed to be there for me, you shouldn't, mm-hmm. you shouldn't even, like, unless you're really saying something that's facts and, like, I'm doing an action. But other than that, like, you're just saying something just to say it. No. Like, I'm not about to keep you in my life for mm-hmm. what? You're not positive. Mm-hmm. I only need that right now, regardless if I'm down bad or I'm up high. Adrian? Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> Do you accept more from people that you know in terms of the way that they treat you? Do you accept more? And this is personally. Do you Mm. accept more from people? Yeah, I would say I do. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because it's like it's a relationship that we've built (laughs) over the years, whether it's family or friends. We've known each other for a long time, so it's like, if you say or treat me a certain way, then it's there had to be a reason why. Um, you said there had to be a reason why. I do. I think so. If it's like we've been with each other for ten years, and all of a sudden now it's like you're treating me something way different. It's like okay, what brought us to this point? Mm-hmm. And if it's something I did, or it's something that they're internalizing themselves and just projecting onto me, then it's two different things. <laughs> We can't hear you. Oh. Would you say that's like an expectation, though? <laughs> like, as a friend, how you hold that? If that makes sense. Expectation of what? Like, you have that expectation of, you know, since, uh, like, you said you have, like, something has to be going on. Like, mm-hmm. is, do you expect that? Or, like, do you just? With my circle friends, I do expect that. Um, because, like, we joke around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I would say we know when too far is too far. Mm-hmm. So we know what lines not to cross, so you basically. Got boundaries. Yeah. Um, so once someone steps over that line, then it's like, okay. Um, that was weird. You start, huh? Yeah, you start questioning <laughs> the friend. Like, I got a quick question. Do you guys ever say, man, my feelings was hurt? I do. No, no, but, but, right. No, do you? But, but like amongst the. No. The, is that like an out of the question to say that to one of your partners? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no. I, like I, seriously. I, so I'm thinking, like, yeah, I've known them since third grade. I don't think I've ever said that. Mm. Do you think they would? Do you think they would? Do you think they would further push it away? Like, oh man, you're tripping or whatever? Or would they actually acknowledge it? Or that's a hard thing to say to somebody as a young man. I don't know. We've I've never been in a situation like I genuinely don't know how it would go. Mm. And that, and that's and that's a trip because my dad just said for the first time, 
his feelings was hurt. His dad is due to 60-something years old. For the first time? Six months ago. Is that because the assumption is that you're not supposed to have feelings? Men are not supposed to have feelings? On top of feelings are perceived as a weakness, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to be vulnerable or perceived to be weak. Mm-hmm. Because what we continue to do is take advantage of that. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not a man, right, but uh, right. I understand where you're coming from for sure. And, uh, cause, and, and, I, and I say that because I remember you were telling me of the perception of people, you know, when they say things. Because I came from a culture where somebody that did not know you said things. Mm-hmm. That was really a setup. No, yeah. It was a setup? Yeah, because in the culture that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. If the, if not, a lot of things get baited. Mm, okay. And whatever you got going on, whether it's whatever you got going on, which is your thing, knocking you off your square is the ultimate goal of people that don't have the same thing going on mm. and, and your representation of what they are not. Ooh. And that's a hard thing for people, people to accept on any level of the spectrum. Wow. So they'll attack that at all means and they'll take the L mm-hmm. to knock you off your square. Because what you got to lose is way worse than what they got to lose. Facts. So Facts. That's, that's like, you know, I'll, I'll be more famous getting punched out because he just lost his scholarship mm. type of things. Yeah. So, like, you have to perceive what somebody's saying as either bait or setup. Yeah. And it's crazy that it has to be that way, but that was the perception at that point in time growing up, you know? Wow. And I, you know what? That's interesting because... I said the same thing probably, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. I'm like, yeah, I'm not have I'm not sitting in a conversation with whoever that was trying to they were trying to do a family meeting. Right. I was like, I'm I'm not sitting in no conversation with them because I don't know what what the goal is and I got a lot to lose. Right. And it's just like, does that mean I'm punking out? Does that mean, you know what I mean? Um I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking. I don't know what it meant, but I wasn't going. <laughs> Cause I'm like Anybody could do anything. They could tape you. They could, you know, they could edit things nowadays. They don't care about what's going on. All they know is they don't want you to have it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, we have to be very, very careful with the words that we're speaking to one another, the words that we're allowing people to speak, because I believe people put curses on people with their words. Right. They do. And, and you could internalize that. And things start going wrong and you're like, well, what the heck happened? Because somebody done said something to you and without you really thinking about it, it starts to become your reality. Virus. And I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, and, and it looks like we're almost running out of time. Y'all, we only got 10 minutes left. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> can you think of a time when you regretted something you said? Anybody? <laughs> Melissa, anybody? Can anybody think of a time they regretted it? And everybody's getting quiet. Oh, Lord. Okay. They don't. She said, I don't think I want to. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I want to share it. Now, I ain't nobody looking at me. Let me think. Case. I mean, because I have to think, too. I'm sure I've said a bunch of things. Um, and, and the reason why I'm thinking is because it, it could have been something that I brushed off. Right. But the other person may have perceived it different. And I'm sure my husband would come in here and he'll tell you because like some stuff's come out of my mouth and he'd be like, don't talk to me like that. I'm like, what did I say? 
because I don't think, you know what I mean? I don't think I'm saying it in a certain way, but it's coming across. And, you know, one thing about women, we slick with our tongue. We are slick with our tongue and we will say things and we won't think anything of it because we have been conditioned to not think that they feel anything because they're unemotional. (laughs) Let's keep it a buck. Can we? Ladies, can we? Okay. All right. We're going to do that because <laughs> look at they like, uh-uh, don't put me in that. Don't put me in that. But that's, it's, it's the truth. Sometimes we say things and we don't realize how it's coming out. We may not mean them in a specific way, but it hurts nonetheless. Because my husband has told me that mm, that's too far, too far, too much. You're doing too much. And I'm like, what happened? Like, <laughs> <laughs> And then I found myself saying, don't make me, not to him, but to other people, don't make me treat you like I do the school board. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I've said that before because people are testing testing me right. and, and they're doing things and it's like a constant nagging or a picking at you. Um, and I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm doing 225 different things. If I got to stop what I'm doing to address you, it's not going to be pretty. Um, and so I, I try not to do that. Because I know that my my words are something, um, and and I don't want to use them um, in a negative way. Uh, but I'm human. <laughs> uh, I may be a, a Christian, but sometimes I cuss. I do. I do. I, I cuss um, because I, sometimes I'm I'm at a loss for words, nice words, um, a professional words, because people do too much, um, and and I'm trying to figure out how to better communicate that. Um, before I get to that point, that's why I got to cut people off. <laughs> because if I get to that point, I'm going to say a whole lot of things and it's going to be true, but I've just held on to them for so long um, that you may not have known I've been harboring certain certain feelings. Um, and it's kind of, so, it's kind yeah. of funny you say that because yeah. the same aggressive individual turns into the victim very fast. How come on? When you blow their eyebrows back. How about that? You know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. what, none of what you said, false. You said blow their eyebrows? Yeah, that's yeah, what like, he said. Like, hey, I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, she wait, said that one's mine. That eyebrows? one's mine. Yeah. <laughs> I got it for free. So you it. Yeah, <laughs> eyebrows, eyelashes, everything. And it's like, hold on. Like you was just going hard in the paint. Right. And you caught this elbow, all of a sudden you're a victim. When you match that energy, they don't know what to do with it because they used to you being docile. But see, that's what I was gonna that say. Part. Like, I feel like I've definitely said something that I regretted, but then later in time you showed me I meant that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I I can, I feel that wholeheartedly. Keith. Yeah. Like <laughs> like I definitely regretted it at the time, and I definitely sat on it and sat and thought. But you really showed me. Yeah. You was I was right. Like yeah. So yeah, that's my thought. Mm. Adrian. Um. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, thinking back to a moment. Uh. I was at my grandpa's house and my cousin kept messing with me. Just like little stuff, like it's getting on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to him, your dad's in your life and he deal- still doesn't want you. Oh, eyelashes blown. Uh-oh. And you should have been the womp womp. <laughs> it was the first time I've ever seen him cry. Oh. And I've... How that hurt. Uh, I think... 11. Um, And, you know, that's coming from me who hadn't had my dad in my life for five, six years at that time. Yeah. Um, So 
right when I said it, I regretted it. And I watched him cry for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I really gave him props, give him props now because he had every opportunity to talk about my dad or my family situation or did something to hurt me. And he just went and isolated himself, went into the room, cried, and then came back out an hour later. Everything was fine. Thank you for sharing because, um, yeah, Melissa still has her hand on her mouth. Uh, Melissa, do you have anything that you've regretted? I was going to say the same thing as Keela. There's definitely, and I can think of one person, someone I've said like things to that I totally regret in the moment, but then you proved me right. Like, okay. I, I, I apologize too. I was like, I really didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Can I take back my apology? Because I meant that. And you proved me right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. but like you proved me right. It was the same thing that Keila was saying. Like you proved me right, and it was it's trusting your gut. And I definitely could have done it in a way that was a little nicer. Um, but at the end of the day, you did prove me right, and I was kind of those were things that I um, had had been thinking for a very long time that were pent up, and mm-hmm. they kind of released in a way that could have been a lot more positive. Um, they could have been a lot more. Po- Wait, can I touch on? A question that you asked earlier that I didn't get a chance to answer. Really, yes, ma'am. Uh, do you take more negative things from people that you know? I mm-hmm. didn't answer that, and I know that I definitely do. Uh, and I think it goes back to what Kilo said earlier about the comments, especially on social media, about this generation is so soft. Um, and I would combat that and say, but I think that we just want coping mechanisms. I think that we have taken so much, and I think the majority of the people here who answered that question, do we take more from people you know, said yes. We are constantly Mm -hmm. taking things from people that we know. I think we need more coping mechanisms so we are not constantly in a state of hurt and hurting ourselves because we are taking all of this from people that we know and not saying anything. Yeah, I I agree. And you know what, I want to give all, I want to give this whole generation props because we stuffed everything. All the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like all the time. (laughs) I wasn't mature enough to even have this conversation until seven, eight years ago. Mm. So I salute y'all for even being conscious and mindful of it because um, everything was stuffed. Everything was pushed, you know, and then um, that leads to bigger issues. Later Absolutely. On. So, like, have a safe place to even have this conversation. Y'all are dope. Keep it <laughs> and yeah. so I know I, you were about to say something, but hold that thought real quick Ooh. because I need y'all to think of something. We got a couple minutes left and we're going to go a little bit over and that's okay. Um, I want, I have this virtual fire that Tevin went in, he, he then got us a fireplace. I want you to think of something that was said to you that we're going to just go ahead and disintegrate today. I want you to be mindful of what it is that you're choosing, something that has impacted your life, impacted the way that you view yourself, impacted um, anything um, and has you thinking negatively about yourself. I want you to think of those words that were said to you. We're going to throw them in the virtual fire. Tevin, where's my fireplace, sir? Because I don't see it yet.
because a whore you're not. Ma'am. What are you? Beautiful and strong. That's right. Beautiful <laughs> and strong. All right. Adrian. Bastard. Oh. Bastard. Okay. And we need to throw those in the fire. Okay. Melissa. Um, someone said that I think that I'm better than everyone. I don't genuinely love and care about the people around me. Mm. Okay. So we're going to throw that in the fire. Who's missing, Miss Layla? <laughs> I guess uh, no guy will ever like you because you're black. Mm. You're beautiful, love. I don't know what they was looking at. I'm looking at these rosy cheeks and a lip gloss of popping. You're beautiful. Beautiful. So I'm I'm gonna share something with y'all. Um, I've never said this to anyone outside of my household, but I think it's important that you guys know just something about me. And I'm gonna hopefully not cry. I think I'm lying. <laughs> Here it comes. She's um A B C D. Okay. So I was at home one day. I had spent all day working at the Capitol. And I had stopped to get some some food for my daughter and myself and the person that was living in my house. And I was eating. And then all of a sudden there was some comments going on. And I for some reason, I don't know if it was the gift of discernment or whatever. I looked at this person and I said, you know what? For some reason I think you've been talking about me. This person brings me their cell phone and this person is communicating with a person's job that I am currently doing as in raising a child. And she says in the text message, Loreen may be a friend, but she is no mother. Mm. And she said that she said, um, the only reason she tries to boss Jada around is because she can't have kids on her own and that hurt me really bad because I spend time with everybody's kids and I love on everybody's kids and for somebody that I was helping to be in my house talking mess about me that did it and so we are we no longer have a relationship because I can't trust her to um be mindful of the things that she's saying she's never done anything for me I've never asked for anything. She's lived in my house two times and she is my husband's mother and I cannot do it anymore. And so today I am throwing those words in the fire because I spent 16 years of my life raising a child that was not mine. And the reason that she said these things is because she thinks that she can say things behind closed doors and nobody will ever know. So I'm letting you all know <laughs> I'm a human being. And those words hurt. And we're throwing them in the fire today. So that's that about that. Thank you for sharing that. Appreciate of course. Whoo, y'all. That was hard. <laughs> they gone now. They it's, gone. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Ooh. I made it. <laughs> I made it. I made it. I made it. I made it. So Ooh. don't don't you cry. You stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I love to cry. I well, what are we talking about next week? <laughs> what are we talking about? Next week is 
addiction, uh, right? Uh, addiction? Okay. So next week, join us for part four of our mindfulness series. Uh, we are talking about addiction, whether that's being addicted to your phone, uh, substances, or anything like that. We will dive into addiction next week. Thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, it is time to get out of here because we are a couple of minutes over. Um, just so that you are reminded, we do have uh, mindfulness cohorts, uh, MBSAT cohorts uh, getting ready to pop off uh, soon. So please, please, please feel free to register for those on our website, bylp.org. With that, um, we're going to hit y'all with the peace sign because I don't think I could wave today. I'm ready to go. <laughs> We're going to hit y'all with the peace sign. See you next week right here, 4.30 PST on Facebook and YouTube. We are Black versus the Board of Education. Peace out.